Section 12 of Final Report of the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments. Ethics of Human Subjects Research. A Historical Perspective. Chapter 1. Part 2. THE SECOND WILSON LETTER The context of the second Wilson letter, as well as its precise terms, further indicates that the April 1947 letter was given little distribution and effect. In the fall of 1947, the AEC laboratory at Oak Ridge requested advice from Carol Wilson's office on the rules for experiments involving human subjects just as the aec's washington headquarters had embarked on the funding of a new research program oak ridge was also in the midst of considering the rules governing the expansion of its own medical research program and the distribution of isotopes which was then headquartered at oak ridge in september nineteen forty seven the manager of oak ridge operations wrote to wilson asking what responsibilities does the aec bear for human administration of isotopes a by private physicians and medical institutions outside the project and b by physicians within the project what are the criteria for future human use two weeks later oak ridge sent a memorandum to the advisory committee for biology and medicine a c b m the ACBM had succeeded both stafford warren's interim medical advisory committee and the medical board of review a group appointed by AEC chairman David Lilienthal to review the AEC's medical program. The memorandum emphasized the need for medico-legal criteria for future human tracer research, because some of that research would be of no immediate therapeutic value to the patient. The memorandum outlined the pros and cons of tracer studies. Pro 1. Tracer research is fundamental to toxicity studies. 2. The adequacy of the health protection which we afford our present employees may, in a large measure, depend upon information obtained using tracer techniques. 3. New and improved medical applications can only be developed through careful experimentation and clinical trial. 4. Tracer techniques are inherent in the radioisotope distribution program. Con. 1. Moral, ethical, and medico-legal objections to the administration of radioactive material without the patient's knowledge or consent. 2. There is perhaps a greater responsibility if a federal agency condones human guinea pig experimentation. 3. Publication of such researches, in some instances, will compromise the best interests of the Atomic Energy Commission. 4. Publication of experiments done by Atomic Energy Commission contractors' personnel may frequently be the source of litigation and be prejudicial to the proper functioning of the Atomic Energy Commission insurance branch. The questions raised by Oak Ridge were discussed by the ACBM at its October 11, 1947 meeting, which decided to give the matter more study. The minutes of the October 11th meeting record that 
human experimentation was then discussed in the context of a request by dr robert stone to release classified papers containing certain information on human experimentation with radioisotopes conducted within the aec research program the request was part of a continuing effort by stone and other scientists to obtain permission to publish the research including the plutonium experiments that they had conducted in secret during the manhattan project earlier in nineteen forty seven the aec had reversed a decision to declassify a report on the plutonium injections citing the potential for public embarrassment and legal liability see chapter five the question of what to do with these requests continued to fester the minutes explained that the problem raised by stone had been dealt with by chairman lilienthal's medical board of review in june in a cryptic statement the minutes record the acbm's agreement that papers on human experiments should remain classified unless the stipulated conditions laid down by the board of review were complied with the stipulated conditions referred to are contained in general manager wilson's november fifth nineteen forty seven letter to stone according to wilson's letter at a june meeting the medical board of review concluded that the matter of human experimentation would remain classified where certain conditions were not satisfied wilson then quoted from the preliminary unpublished and restricted draft of the medical board report read to the commissioners as follows the atmosphere of secrecy and suppression makes one aspect of the medical work of the commission especially vulnerable to criticism we therefore wish to record our approval of the position taken by the medical staff of the aec in point of their studies of the substances dangerous to human life we the medical board of review believe that no substances known to be or suspected of being poisonous or harmful should be given to human beings unless all of the following conditions are fully met a that a reasonable hope exists that the administration of such a substance will improve the condition of the patient b that the patient give his complete and informed consent in writing and see that the responsible next of kin give in writing a similarly complete and informed consent revocable at any time during the course of such treatment in other words the opinion of the medical board of review was presented by wilson in his november letter as both a prescription for the future conduct of human experiments and a presentation of the criteria that must be met for the declassification of past research wilson again referenced these conditions in a letter to acbm chairman alan gregg also on november fifth i am sure wilson wrote gregg that this information will assist dr stone in evaluating the present problem and inform him as to the conditions that must be met in future experiments thus as discussed in more detail in chapters five and thirteen the requirement that research proceed only with consent appears to have been coupled with the decision to withhold from the public information about experiments that failed to meet that standard two points should be made about the term informed consent which appears in the november letter from wilson to stone first it is not clear what meaning wilson and the members of the medical board of review attributed to the term no further explanation was given 
second it is nevertheless a matter of some historical interest that this term is used at all previous scholarship had attributed its first official usage to a landmark legal opinion in a medical malpractice case that was issued a decade later the april and november nineteen forty seven wilson letters have some common elements in spite of their differences in detail they both provided that research with humans proceed one only where there is reasonable hope of therapeutic effect and two with documentary proof that the patient subject was informed of the treatment and its possible effects and had consented to its administration but there are many remaining mysteries about the aec's nineteen forty seven statements in interviews with advisory committee staff joseph volpe who served as an aec attorney in its early days and became general counsel in nineteen forty nine explained that a letter authored by general manager wilson could state aec policy and confidently recollected that informed consent from research subjects would have been required by the first aec general counsel this requirement volpe maintained should be reflected in the commission's minutes however committee and doe review of the commission's minutes did not reveal evidence that the consent policy was expressly addressed even more troubling is that both wilson letters precluded research that did not offer patient subjects a prospect of direct medical benefit in the context of the concern about the plutonium injections and other non-therapeutic research conducted during the manhattan project experiments this provision readily makes sense yet as oak ridge's inquiry to washington noted non-therapeutic research in the form of tracer studies had been and would continue to be a mainstay of aec sponsored isotope research how could it be that the wilson letters were intended to ban exactly the kind of research that at the same time the aec was so actively promoting it is conceivable that the requirement of the isotope distribution program for risk review prior to the human use of radioisotopes was a means of addressing this notion however if the equation between that risk review procedure and the provision in the november wilson letter seems implicit the documentary evidence does not provide an express link between the requirements stated in the wilson letter and the rules of the isotope distribution program from statements to policy a failure of translation despite the fact that they were developed in response to a need for clarity in the way that human research should be conducted we have found little evidence of efforts to communicate or implement the rules stated by wilson in coordination with the aec's biomedical advisory groups and other aec officials in some cases the evidence described in the following paragraphs suggests that policies for consent from subjects were established and implemented while in other cases it suggests that if there were any such policies they were unknown or lost taken together however this evidence further supports the view that the ideas present in general manager wilson's nineteen forty seven statements were available to those working in the field during this time albeit perhaps in a primitive form consider for example a nineteen fifty one exchange between the aec's division of biology and medicine dbm which directed the aec's medical research program 
and the commission's los alamos laboratory which was in routine contact with washington an information officer at los alamos leslie redman who was charged to review papers that involve human experimentation asked the dbm for a definite aec policy on human experimentation in the course of his work redman wrote he had been advised by various persons at los alamos that regulations or policies of the aec on human experimentation were available but he had been unable to locate more than general information about these regulations according to his letter his understanding was that these regulations are comparable to those of the american medical association that an experiment be performed under the supervision of an m d with the permission of the patient and for the purpose of seeking a cure redmond's characterization of the american medical association's guidelines as we shall see in chapter two is partly incorrect the requirement of a therapeutic intent is absent from the ama guidelines the possibility of direct therapeutic benefit for the patient was however a condition of research according to both of general manager wilson's nineteen forty seven letters shields warren the dbm chief responded to redmond by citing wilson's november fifth nineteen forty seven letter to stone and by excerpting the conditions quoted above but warren did not term these conditions standards or requirements rather warren's response to los alamos urges compliance with these guiding principles though los alamos was provided with the criteria stated by wilson in november nineteen forty seven general manager wilson's statements were not routinely communicated in response to requests for guidance from non-aec researchers in an april nineteen forty eight letter to the dbm a university researcher explained that the isotopes division had approved his request to use phosphorus thirty two for experimental procedures in the human simply for investigational purposes and not for treatment of disease what the researcher wanted to know should be done about medical legal aspects and permission forms the request could have been answered by referring to wilson's nineteen forty seven statements about consent instead the dbm simply referred the researcher to the isotopes division at oak ridge in its response the isotopes division did not indicate that consent should be solicited as wilson had stipulated the isotopes division stating it could be of little assistance declined to provide legal advice save to note that we understand that most hospitals do require patients to sign general releases before entering into treatment from nineteen forty seven onward the aec had ample opportunity to disseminate a research policy the aec routinely provided educational and administrative materials to applicants for aec funding and to the far greater number of applicants for aec produced radioisotopes the isotopes distribution program in particular included a sophisticated structure of regulation replete with review committees training courses and informational brochures see chapter six at the federal level this included the subcommittee on human applications of the committee on isotope distribution whose very purpose was to review all initial requests for radioisotopes to be used experimentally or otherwise in human beings 
the aec subcommittee on human applications was supplemented by similar committees at the research institutions where the work was conducted in principle there does not seem to be any reason these local committees could not have been instructed by the isotopes division on consent requirements some evidence suggests that in march nineteen forty eight the subcommittee on human applications discussed consent requirements for healthy subjects and patient subjects in a document dated march twenty ninth nineteen forty eight the subcommittee on human applications appeared to resolve that one radioactive materials should be used in experiments involving human subjects when information obtained will have diagnostic value therapeutic significance or will contribute to knowledge on radiation protection two radioactive materials may be used in normal human subjects provided a the subject has full knowledge of the act and has given his consent to the procedure b animal studies have established the assimilation distribution selective localization and excretion of the radioisotope or derivative in question three radioactive materials may be used in patients suffering from diseased conditions of such nature that there is no reasonable probability of the radioactivity employed producing manifest injury provided a animal studies have established the assimilation distribution selective localization and excretion of the radioisotope or derivative in question b the subject is of sound mind has full knowledge of the act and has given his consent to the procedure four investigations are approved one by medical director or his equivalent at the installation responsible for the investigation two by the director division of biology and medicine and three full written descriptions of experimental procedures and calculated estimates of radiation to be received by body structure and organs must be submitted we were unable to locate any further references to this document and do not know whether it represented a policy that was adopted perhaps it represents the consensus of the subcommittee on human applications as it had met shortly before that or perhaps it is simply a draft document prepared by staff whatever the ultimate disposition of this document it provides some idea of the problems that were under consideration at the time and indicates that views on human use were unsettled the first numbered item for example appears to recommend human radiation experiments when they will offer diagnostic value and therapeutic significance or knowledge about radiation protection if the document had in fact been adopted the recognition that isotope experimentation could be undertaken to contribute to knowledge item one would appear to revise the wilson letter's prohibition of non-therapeutic experimentation the third item also addresses consent and risk of injury to patient subjects without indicating that there should be any potential benefit another peculiarity is found in the second item which refers to consent from normal human subjects but does not rule out experiments that present risk to the subject in any event at a nineteen forty eight meeting the subcommittee on human applications articulated a consent requirement as part of a decision to permit patients suffering from serious diseases to receive larger doses for investigative purposes 
this requirement was disseminated to all radioisotope purchasers in nineteen forty nine the subcommittee allowed investigators to administer larger doses to seriously ill patients but only with the patient's consent while it is possible that the basis for permitting larger doses was an assumption that smaller ones would be of no potential benefit to subjects item three of the just quoted march nineteen forty eight document suggests the assumption was rather that in seriously ill patients other disease processes would be more likely to take their course before radiation injury was manifested there is evidence that at least one aec funded entity did routinely provide some form of disclosure and consent in the early nineteen fifties from its opening in nineteen fifty the aec sponsored oak ridge institute for nuclear studies ORINS, a research hospital advised incoming patients that procedures were experimental additionally patients were given written information that advised them that probable benefit if any cannot always be predicted in advance patients were also asked to sign a form that indicated that they were fully advised about the character and kind of treatment and care which would be for the most part experiments with no definite promise of improvement in my physical condition thus at least in the case of orins and perhaps other aec facilities a local process was instituted apart from any known communication of the statements by aec officials none the less there is other evidence that the aec did not communicate the requirements detailed in general manager wilson's nineteen forty seven letters to its own contract research organizations which as in the cases of argonne los alamos brookhaven and oak ridge had significant biomedical programs and were engaged in human research when the division of biological and medical research at argonne national laboratory met in january nineteen fifty one to discuss beginning a program of human experimentation in cancer research one of its members asserted that the acbm had not established a general policy concerning human experimentation the minutes of the meeting at argonne record that the acbm has been approached several times in the past for a general policy and has refused to formulate one in nineteen fifty six los alamos asked the dbm to restate its position on the experimental use of human volunteer subjects for tracer experiments the dbm responded by stating that tracer doses might be administered under certain conditions which included the provision that subjects be volunteers who were fully informed the focus of this position seems to have been research with healthy people and not patients and no reference was made to the provisions of the wilson letters the dbm's nineteen fifty six formulation was given staff distribution by los alamos and restated in nineteen sixty two also in nineteen fifty six the isotopes division did state a requirement for healthy subjects all subjects were to be informed volunteers as part of its recommendations and requirements guidebook for the medical uses of radioisotopes which was distributed to all medical users of radioisotopes the isotopes division stated users of radioisotopes in normal subjects for experimental purposes shall be limited to a tracer doses which do not exceed the permissible total body burden for the radioisotope in question 
in all instances the dose should be kept as low as possible b volunteers to whom the intent of the study and the effects of radiation have been outlined c volunteers who are unlikely to be exposed to significant additional amounts of radiation these requirements apparently apply to all uses of aec radioisotopes whether government or private researchers were involved the experimental or non-routine use of radioisotopes in any human subjects was limited to institutional programs where local review committees existed to oversee the risk to which subjects were exposed in stating these requirements the aec reiterated that patients in whom there is no reasonable probability of producing manifest injury may be used in some experiments not normally permitted but did not reiterate the requirement that consent should be obtained from these patients as was stated in nineteen forty eight what then can be said about the rules and policies of the aec in the nineteen forties and nineteen fifties general manager wilson's nineteen forty seven letters clearly stipulate a requirement of informed consent from patient subjects at least where potentially poisonous or harmful substances are involved but with the exception of ORINS, there is little indication that this requirement was imposed as binding policy on any AEC facility, contractor, or recipient of radioisotopes. By contrast, later requirements that healthy subjects be informed volunteers, and that seriously ill patients be permitted to receive higher doses only with their consent, appears to have been more broadly communicated and enforced the only evidence of general attention to matters of consent from patient subjects comes from ORINS, whose policies and practices show a striking similarity to those that as we shall see were being contemporaneously employed at another facility essentially devoted to experimental work the nih's clinical center at the same time there is evidence of considerable attention in both policy and practice to issues of safety and acceptable risk see chapter six questions of subject selection as in the case of seriously ill patients emerge only in this context of safety there is no evidence that issues of fairness or concerns about exploitation in the selection of subjects figured in aec policies or rules of the period end of section twelve